chapter eighteen of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain anne wellington has her first test sarah was waiting for anne in the hall she had taken off her hat and stood idly swinging it a single globe was lighted in the chandelier overhead and the extremities of the great apartment were lost in gloom well dear sarah yawned broadly i fancy we shall sleep to-night anne had thrown her arm over sarah's shoulders and they were walking toward the stairs when koltsov appeared from the shadow confronting them oh prince koltsov how you frightened me said anne in a low voice drawing back a thousand pardons it would have grieved me had i thought of doing that sarah observed him with irritation there was however so much of the exotic about the man as to render him attractive even to her tall well if slimly built in manner graceful silken was the designation that occurred to her there could be no question as to the potency of his personality a potency by the way from whose spell she had learned in various ways throughout the evening and was not entirely aloof it was perfectly clear to sarah that with armitage strong and clever in a wholesome masculine way anne was the light-hearted mischievous pure-minded girl his ideal of american young womanhood but now she caught the other note of her character an untrue note but none the less positive and the other look in her eyes her voice was deeper more womanly more surcharged with underlying things as she spoke to the russian and sarah could see she was breathing more rapidly i've been waiting to see you miss wellington he was saying i've waited so long there was a note of pathos in his voice is it important now asked anne and her friend tugged at her sleeve i'm very tired and sleepy for a few moments that is all persisted the prince gently is it too much sarah inwardly raging detected the subtle appeal which this man so versed apparently in the emotions of womanhood was making to the inherent maternal protective sympathetic instincts of the girl who now they were aroused was smiling patiently very well prince koltsov don't bother to wait sarah good-night such a day of weariness miss wellington said the prince as he followed anne to a bench running along the foot of the staircase one of my men calfhead was arrested in boston arrested really what had he been doing nothing i assure you save trying to leave this bestial country he had been of service to me in newport and elsewhere i was worried i am worried he was allowed to go but they took valuable papers concerning austria from him how can i get them am i undone koltsov raised his eyes how can i say steinberg at boston is in maine and so koltsov tossed his hand in the air i have spent he at last continued more than twenty thousand roubles on the matter i have spent five thousand roubles on the dumb-head yeeski who has not the brains or courage of a mouse i am discouraged he caught her hand pressed it to his forehead and released it but i oppress you with my diplomatic cares he murmured it has been the first time i ever burdened a woman with them you you are different because you are of the few gifted to bear to solve them and made no reply you hold safely that which i placed in your keeping he asked after a pause 
his hand felt its way to hers lying inert on the cushion his fingers closing softly upon it she did not withdraw it but lowered her head was it in connection with that your man was arrested in boston Koltsov laughed they thought to connect him with it but he pressed anne's fingers the connecting link happened to be in your jewelry safe anne thrilled at the part she was playing in the mysterious diplomatic episode laughed softly somehow it all appeared bigger even than dodging under battleships bows certainly more subtle Koltsov gazed at her admiringly my dear miss wellington he said do you realize more and more that of which i spoke to-day your fitness for the international sphere your beauty your coolness the temper of your spirit your ability to sway strong men as you have swayed me do you appreciate all are you proud that you have swayed me prince Koltsov? anne's voice rang with doubt and anguish and yet pride she was tired and spent with the day and as his arm stole almost snake-like about her waist she raised a nerveless hand plucked feebly to remove the fingers pressing into her side and then let her hand fall to the cushion his head was bending over her his face was very close some vivid instinct told her that he must not kiss her she tried to struggle but she could not the next instant she was living that epoch which innocence may only know ere it perishes a man's lips making free with eyes and mouth and cheeks she lay now half in his arms looking at him with wide startled eyes her lips parched Anne, he bent forward to kiss her again but she turned her head away and then again her unchanging eyes sought his face what i have done what i have meant i shall make clear to your parents to-morrow to you i can say nothing now you of course know the european custom please let me go there was a tired sob in Anne's voice but i have not yet told you that which i wish to say and tore from his arm and started up you haven't oh very well i am listening you were out with the torpedo boats to-night you were upon the boat with lieutenant armitage i and paused armitage without attempting to obtain promises of secrecy as to the mission of the flotilla had pointed out that all information of the sort was absolutely confidential and that above all the ability of a torpedo boat destroyer to get within two hundred yards of a battleship was not news that the government would care to have disseminated even though it were the exception rather than the rule this thought shot through anne's mind you quite surprise me she said finally oh i really do not smiled Koltsov. as i have informed you we diplomats are omnipresent therefore i do not surprise you when i say that you and your friend were on the distang that the jefferson had an accident and sent two scalded men to the hospital all that poof Koltsov snapped his fingers that is immaterial who cares about such manoeuvres as the navy of the united states indulge in but and Koltsov bent toward her with unwinking eyes this is important the distang became separated from the rest of the fleet and there are reports that she discharged a new sort of torpedo at the battleship that is interesting important to me i feared i could not ascertain until i learned that my skilled coadjutor my fellow diplomat he nodded at her was present on the distang why do you ask me why don't you apply to mr armitage ah he would tell me of course laughed Koltsov sarcastically in any event i have yet to know him he was at washington when i arrived in newport and since his return has been at the torpedo station but one night my men have not been able to find him 
anne had forgotten her weariness now there seems to be something at least in the american navy that you find worthy of close interest she said an expression of indifference settled upon the prince's face ah if you know of the navy you know the nations are always interested in the new devices and plans of other nations i once paid fifteen thousand roubles for the plans of an english fort and so diplomacy is stealing or buying information then diplomacy is anything anne you interest me prince kolsoff but the distang i imagine she was not successful with her torpedoing inwardly he was cursing yeetsky as he had been all the evening yeetsky had never missed a trip of the distang and beginning to see had worked into her cool malicious mood you must not be so imaginative she gasped and now if you'll excuse me it's two o'clock but anne miss wellington the prince was at her side you do not really intend to deny me he shook his head as though dazed it cannot be possible that our understanding is so incomplete i had dared to hope to believe that our interests were so swiftly merging and what is it that i ask merely a slight question about the distang and is it upon so little a thing that you fail me would that you might try me with a bigger greater test you should see do you mean that really as god is my judge cried the prince fervently then said anne seriously say good-night to me pardon me but i am tired but the destang cried kolsoff insistently my plans my life what interrupted anne as a thought was born of his words i understood that this was merely a matter of routine naval intelligence kolsoff mopped his forehead that is true he hastened to say but matters of routine are the greater part of the lives of such as we our success depends upon it alone pardon me but i must insist that you tell me what i have asked he had almost backed her against the wainscoting and i won't tell you prince kolsoff why not pray i will tell you why her voice quivered with emotion this morning you convinced me pretty thoroughly that i had no right to call myself an american i still feel that way don't you know but to-night i have seen brave and devoted men risking their lives and perfecting themselves in their calling not only through professional interests but through love of their country and their flag and daredevil enthusiasm in serving under a flag that means so much to them the father of the junior officer on the destang is a farmer and the captain of the barclay is the son of an insurance clerk but they're all of one cut and out of one mould american fighting men who would shoot or knock down any one who dared utter in their presence such words as i have listened to from you more shame to me without a single emotion save amusement she ran on breathlessly whatever happened on the distang to-night important or unimportant is the concern of the navy of my country alone hereafter in anything you say or do prince kolsoff remember i am learning to be an american she stopped and smiled at her own ardour so please don't say anything to discourage me kolsoff who had been listening in silence without making a movement suddenly bowed his head i'm sorry miss wellington his voice was broken and sincerely so i misunderstood he sank to one knee and seized the bottom of her skirt don't prince kolsoff please anne was swiftly relenting she drew her skirt away and the prince arising took her hand ah please she said not until i hear you are not angry i am not angry he had drawn her close to him and they were looking into each other's eyes what is it she asked weakly her very personality seemed ebbing from her you love me his voice was almost a whisper she smiled wanly is this love is it what is love 
love is giving yielding love knows neither country nor patriotism nor religion his glittering eyes were still holding hers and so his voice was low but masterful i ask you not that i care vitally for the answer of itself you must know must understand my motives i ask you did the destang discharge a torpedo to-night long they looked at each other and then slowly the girl shook her head you mean no she did not kolsoff's voice was eager his arms tightened about her i do not mean anything then suddenly she twisted out of his arms and stood with white face and parted lips pointing to the stairway now she cried go go i tell you she stamped her foot as kolsoff hesitated go or i shall hate you End of chapter eighteen